This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And I thought we had a really good episode on tap for you folks. And we're going to try to outdo ourselves here because, well... We recorded an episode about the Great Eagle Creek Trail out in the Columbia River Gorge, which reopened earlier this month after being closed for well over three years. And, well, Jamie, closed again. Closed again. In the time between us recording that episode and the time that we are recording this one, the trail closed due to some landslides and downed trees after we got all those heavy rains in the middle of January. So we are still going to have that episode for you in the future um, once the trail reopens. But for now, we are sort of pivoting and doing a a last-minute podcast here for uh, a a different kind of tricky issue other than hiking in the winter. And that is, how do you plan your travel in this highly unpredictable year? Yeah, Jamie, hold me to this. I'll I'll only say it no more than two times over the course of this podcast. But my motto right now is the best way to plan is to not plan. And I am a planner. I know you're a planner. We've talked about this before on the show. I enjoy the planning. That's part of the fun for me. I like mapping out trips, obviously like taking the trips and love reveling in the memories of the trips taken. But right now, I have a whole lot of nothing locked in for this year in terms of specific trips, specific travels I'm going to do. I have ideas, lots of them, and we'll get into some of that throughout the course of the show here. But Jamie, you put together a resource every year as the Oregonian's travel and outdoors reporter that is, uh, you label it your Northwest Travel Guide. And It's a great resource for folks who are kind of, you know, early in the year scheming about what it is they're going to get into over the next 12 months. And you have here, I scrolled through it earlier, you've got a ton of good places to go. You've got some specific outdoor activities to do, some hotels to stay in, tiny house village up on Mount Hood, campgrounds, you name it. But before we get to all that, Jamie... Um, we'd be remiss 
to overlook uh, kind of the first snafu of Oregon 2021 travel that you encountered earlier this month? Oh, man, Jim, it was... um it was pretty bad. It was a disaster. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, a disaster. <laughs> an outdoors disaster. In the a, making, short, yeah. a short-lived disaster <laughs> for many people. Um, you know, no offense to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, um, who unfortunately this happened to. Um, so the, the way this worked is that for the last year or so since the pandemic began, the um, Oregon State Parks Department has been only allowing people to book campsites, um, cabins, yurts, RV sites up to 30 days in advance. Uh, which has been difficult for people right now who are trying to plan for their spring vacation, their summer vacation. You know, it's hard to just to, to plan anything when you only have a 30-day window. So earlier this month in January, the State Parks Department decided to open up their reservation window to six months for the first time in a long time, which would allow people to book stuff out through, you know, 4th of July and a little bit beyond that. So folks were naturally really excited to do it. But the problem is they also decided at the same time to move the time their reservation window opens each day from midnight to 6 a.m. So it's been midnight for years. People are used to, you know, staying up late as soon as the clock hits midnight, logging on, grabbing their campsite and booking it before anyone else does. A lot of people were excited about the idea of having it at 6 a.m. instead, you know, wake up early instead of staying up late, really kind of benefited those early morning people. The problem was that on this particular day, the first day that the window opened, it didn't open at 6 a.m. It still opened at midnight. Oh, so for, no. For everyone who logged on at 6 a.m., sites were already gone. They were, they were just gone. And this happened to me, actually. I, I had logged, I woke up at you know, 5.45 in the morning, um, a couple minutes early, to book a cabin at Cottonwood Canyon for the first day of spring. Um, there's only four cabins there. They're pretty competitive. It's a weekend day. So I really wanted to make sure to get it. Uh, I logged on at like, you know, 5.50 and just to see, you know, get myself ready, you know, so I can hit refresh and just book it. And by the time I logged on, three of the four cabins were gone. They were already booked up. So thankfully, I got the, the fourth and, la- and final cabin out there and was able to get, you know, my trip um, booked. But I talked to some folks, um, or I should say that people emailed me angrily the following morning uh, complaining about this. Uh, some people who you know, for years and years of booking the same campsites every summer, dutifully woke up at 6 a.m. and found themselves out of luck. So I think this speaks to the broader issue we might see this year, which is that just like last summer and just like this past winter and the fall, outdoor places are going to continue to be extremely popular in 2021. So that means campsites are going to be competitive. If you want to get a yurt or a cabin or, God forbid, a fire lookout, you're going to really need to play that exactly right if you want to get it for the date you want to get it. And if you're going out there to the trail, it might mean, hey, weekends are going to be absolutely slammed everywhere for probably the majority of this year. So when you're planning ahead to 2021, these are things you need to keep in mind. I would say plan ahead, plan early and make any reservations that you want to make as soon as you can. Yep, that is the refrain for 2021. Plan early, book early, do it now. You can always back out later. You know, you can always cancel if you don't feel safe or whatnot. But a lot of folks are going ahead and making those reservations. And as a result, 
we all probably should too, Jamie. So if you wanted to make some great plans for the summer, hypothetically, of course, I would refer you to OregonLive.com slash travel, looking up this 2021 travel guide. Jamie, there is so much good stuff in here. I mean, you've got all sorts of cool towns to go to throughout the Northwest. You've got places to stay. You've got outdoor activities to do. You've got road trips. You've got basically anything you would want to do in the Northwest in this guide. And some of these places we've talked about before on the show, we've talked about what to do in Astoria. We've talked about things to do in the Oregon coast range. We've covered quite a lot of ground in this podcast over the past year and change. But Jamie, there's some surprises on here, uh, some stuff that I surely wouldn't have thought of. And maybe some other folks might not think of either. And in fitting with kind of our goals of staying relatively distant, of maybe avoiding some crowds, I don't know, what are a couple of your favorites that uh, maybe might be a little overlooked or otherwise out of the way? Yeah, you know, well, I'll start with one of the towns um, that's one of my favorite towns to go to, and that is Port Townsend, which is up um, kind of on the on the corner of the Puget Sound. We're kind of where the uh, the Olympic Peninsula you know, meets that other sort of north, northwestern part of Washington. It's a great little getaway. Uh, it's, it's just kind of this, this sort of this town that's, you get a sense that it's both for locals and for tourists kind of equally, um, you know, which is just kind of rare, I think. And it's a really cool place if you're into, say, um, cafes or interesting history, wooden boats. They've got a great sort of wooden boat workshop and some maritime museums there. Uh, I have a great little local movie theater. I went there during a film festival one year and was able to see some some great sort of local films. And it's just a great community there in town. And it's it's a great place to kind of either make your destination or I kind of like it better as a place sort of in the middle of your travels throughout the region. So the ferry at Port Townsend will take you across to Whidbey Island. And from there, you can, you know, get, make your way up into the San Juan Islands um, you can make your way over to Seattle, um, or if you go in the other direction, you can make your way along the Olympic Peninsula, and that's a beautiful drive right there. So it's it's kind of this great destination that's also a jumping off point to other great destinations. And let me just say that we, the Puget Sound, the Salish Sea, is just such a beautiful area. Whatever you're doing there, even if it's just hanging out on ferries all day, I love doing that. Port Townsend is one of those places where you can find whatever you need for that trip. My only experience in Port Townsend, I uh, had this amazing trip a couple of years ago where my brother flew in from Michigan and we did a big road trip around the Olympic Peninsula where we did some backpacking and hiking and spent a, a little part of a day in Port Townsend. And man, would highly recommend that, uh, let's see, it was clockwise route around the Olympic Peninsula. We had an absolute blast. Honestly, uh, there are a number of places in Washington where it's like, man, these are not that far away. How come I don't spend any time here? Definitely had, definitely had that feeling this trip. And that's kind of what's great about Olympic National Park too, you know, which is just right there. I mean, from Port Townsend, you can drive just a little bit to the west and find yourself up on Hurricane Ridge. And, you know, from there, you can drive out into, you know, the rainforest, you can hike up into Enchanted Valley, you can backpack along the Olympic coast. 
it's a just this outdoors getaway. It's really a wonderland of some of this beautiful rainforest. You know, that, that area gets so much rain. And as a result, the nature is just so lush and beautiful. You know, you can really do so much just in that one little area. So, Jamie, I'm going to redirect from the Olympic Peninsula all the way out to the Queen City of Eastern Oregon. Which city for the uh, uninitiated holds that title, Jamie? I feel like this is a trivia pursuit question. (laughs) Uh, Trivial pursuit. Uh, That would be Baker City, Jim. Um, I love this nickname, the Queen City of Eastern Oregon. Um, Baker City was one of these uh, old gold mining towns that got a lot of money really quickly. So unlike some of the ghost towns we've talked about before that mm-hmm. were kind of like these mining camps that just ended up kind of collapsing and were abandoned, Baker City got a lot of investment. And so it has this like really beautiful architecture. You know, and there's a lot of great history. There's a, a fabulous historical museum there, it's sort of a local history museum. It's kind of these cities that we overlook really easily because if you're going out there, a lot of people, I feel like, will go to Joseph or, you know, the Wallawas up there in Northeast Mm -hmm. Oregon, or maybe just take 84 out to, you know, Idaho, out to Boise. But if you stop off in Baker City, there's actually a surprising amount of stuff that you can do and see. Some pretty good places to eat. There's a great bakery in town. I recommend it as a great sort of overnight stop or a couple days in town. And Jamie, you can't forget, you've also got the uh, well-respected brewery of Barley Browns, uh, which I know you enjoy. Oh, yeah. You, you got you to gotta go to Barley Browns. If, if you're a beer drinker, this is a place where you can easily spend several hours, you know, responsibly, <laughs> of course, um, you know, sampling all they have. You know, people out here in Portland, we know of their Palette Jack IPA, which is fabulous. But they also do all kinds of other different stuff that they don't distribute very far outside of the region. So it's a great place to stop off. You know, um, you've got uh, the brewers there sometimes. They have a brew pub across the street. Um, Definitely, if you're, you know, a a beer drinker, that's a spot you want to hit in Baker City. For sure. And while you're out in Eastern Oregon, though Eastern Oregon is a humongous region, but I'm looking for a segue and I'm going to go for it, Jamie. The Owyhee Canyonlands, uh, you describe this as a remote high desert paradise. And that's not a word that you just throw around. It's a paradise out there. You've got hiking, rafting, hunting. Those are probably the most popular uh, ways to experience the area. But Jamie, I don't know, maybe describe this area for folks. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, Jim, this is one of the few areas in the state that I've just never been to at all. Well, it's way out there. It's maybe part of the reason. It's way out there. To give people an idea, this is about as far east as you can get in eastern Oregon. And it's not like, you know, Baker City, which is just off the interstate. You kind of have to go off of a few different smaller highways, take some back, you know, dirt roads, uh, and find your way into this stretch of of the Owyhee River that passes through from what I've seen in photos and what I've read about, just some beautiful desert canyons there. And yeah, like like you said, Jim, rafting is huge there. If you're a rafter, you have to raft this area. Hunters can find a lot there as well. And people just who are looking for a more adventurous road trip, you know, bring your four-wheel drive vehicle and head out to the many campgrounds and state park areas there, you know, hit the trails, the hiking trails out there um, that lead through some of this beautiful canyon area. I'm looking forward to trying to get out there for the first time this year. 
I meant yeah, to get I out mean, there last year, but I was going to say, I feel like a little deja vu here because I think we've had this conversation, whether on the podcast or off of it, about how you were like, you know what? That is on the short list. And alas, the short list got kind of tossed to the wind last year. And uh, well, why not? 2021, let's do it, right? Well, Jim, that's kind of what I did with my travel plans this year. I just went back to my 2020 travel plans that I didn't get a chance to do. And I just put a one instead of a zero at the end. And hey, <laughs> now they're 2021 travel plans. I literally did that. My, my calendar this year is full of stuff that I meant to do last year that, hey, you know what? If I've got a chance this year. Why not just go back and do that again? All right. So what are you, I'm just going to bump it right back to you, put you on the spot. What are you most looking forward to then? Whether it's on your list here or otherwise? Well, normally I would, I would have said Port Townsend and the Hawaii Canyonlands. Um, so I'll go with like a, a third. I mean, Jim, you know, I like the coast. No secret here on Peak Northwest. And uh, a couple years ago, I started doing this project where I go to every single beach on the coast to do like a, here's your essential guide to every beach. And I did the North Coast to begin with. And last year I was going to do the Central Coast. Um, and so, of course, it didn't happen. I'm trying that again this year. So my plan is to do every beach on the Central Coast this year, which is kind of a hefty project, I'll that say. That is a big undertaking. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a bunch of them already. You know, so I already have kind of this, this you know, backlog of places I've already been to. So I'm going to the spots I have not yet been to, which is a bit more manageable. Um, but it's still, you know, three, four, sometimes five beaches a day, just driving and checking them out. And it's, it's an interesting way, I think, in the central coast, too, because it's a pretty diverse area when you look at the coastline. You know, it's not quite the same as the north coast. You have just, you know, a lot of sandy beaches and different varieties. Central coast, you have, you know, your rocky tide pools. Um, you know, you have your dunes um, down there, which mm-hmm. kind of get into southern Oregon. Um, you have and just some, some beautiful headlands and, um, you know, some of these sandy beaches as well. So I love the diversity there. And I'm really looking forward to spending some time out there. And one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do in this trip, and again, this is a campground reservation I need to make still. Um, but there's a, a campground at Eel Creek, which is um, just south of Florence. And uh, it's right next to the Dellenbeck Dunes. And it's this really beautiful big sort of wild stretch of the Oregon dunes. And I've always wanted to be out there for a full moon and try to get some pictures Ooh. of like a full moon over the dunes. I don't know. I just feel like that that's a, a really cool experience to have. And this year I'm thinking I'm going to try to make it work. I'm going to get that campground right in the night of a full moon. That is a very specific travel goal for 2021. I like that. I I have never really timed my trips to specific occasions. I shouldn't say never because I'm sure I've made a birthday trip here or there that you know was special for one reason or another and have obviously went out for certain occasions here and there but you know I've never timed anything to the full moon or the solstice or whatever and and you really uh, are considerate of that when when booking your trips. Oh for sure, for sure. I I think it, it's a fun element um to throw into things, you know, it's like we're going to have a big lunar eclipse this year. So where would you want to see the lunar eclipse? You know, typically it's like, oh, well, it's happening, you know, while I'm in, in town, I'll just see it in my backyard. That's cool. But, you know, how cool would it be to see the lunar eclipse on the Olympic coast, you know? Um, and it Super also plays cool. into, you know, I think when you're planning things like, especially on the coast and looking at tides, you want to know 
what's the moon cycle like? What are the tides going to be like? If I'm going to be backpacking um, or looking for some low tide stuff or high tide stuff, I need to make sure I know what the, the rhythms of the moon are like. So I think, you know, taking that into consideration um, and, you know, thinking about things like daylight when you're getting close to the summer solstice, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I think that's a nice consideration to make and it just kind of take things, takes things to the next level. You're talking about, you know, connecting with nature more and, um, you know, really having a different kind of experience out there. Yeah, man. I like the sound of that. I'll tell you, I could, this has already got me thinking how much, man, those just long summer days wearing a short sleeve shirt when you're outside being able to be outdoors from, you know, sunrise early in the morning until sunset late at night. You know, now it's, it's 4 31 PM. It's, uh, you know, it's actually snowing outside in the city of Portland, which is wild. That doesn't happen very often, but you know, it's starting to get a little dusk like here in town and, Geez, uh, the days where uh, you can be outside, you know, 8, 9 p.m. and still have some light. Looking forward to that. Not wishing away the seasons, but always love those good long days. Well, let me tell you something, Jim. This is a little outside of the Pacific Northwest, but one of the trips I've always wanted to do is to go up to northern Alaska and do some backpacking under the midnight sun right around the summer solstice. We get just yes. that like 24 hours of daylight. I, there's something about that that is just so appealing to me. And I would just love to just experience that one day, just straight up 24 hours of sun every day. That would be wild. I think it would be the wrong, trippy is the wrong word, but I think it would really kind of mess with my head a little bit um, to just not have darkness over the course of a day. I think that would be wild. Um, but I've, I've said, you know, as as someone who, you know, I've lived in the Northwest, you know, five plus years and grew up in Michigan in the Midwest and Alaska and Hawaii were trips that are just kind of like big bucket list trips. If you live over there, because it's just an arduous trip travel wise. And I've said, you have to do those trips from the Northwest. You just have to, those are the two trips. If you can financially swing it you should do it because they're relatively speaking, logistically easy from here to get there at least. Exactly. Exactly. And they're such beautiful places. I mean, Alaska's got that kind of that rugged beauty, you know, Hawaii, I, I did a few years ago and I thought I was going to be kind of a Grinch about Hawaii because I'm, you know, an Oregon kid. <laughs> I like the gray and the rain and it was just so, so beautiful and colorful and incredible there. I, I fell in love with Hawaii instantly. It just erased all of my cynicism about it immediately. I would go back there in a heartbeat. See, this is what we get when we plan a Northwest travel guide. Uh, you say one thing about outside the region and we go on a three-minute tangent and up in Hawaii. Um, that was my doing. I'll raise my hand for that one. We um, can both take plan for that. There we go. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Jamie, I want to talk a little bit more about some travel for the year 2021. But first, let's take a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking through Jamie's 2021 Northwest Travel Guide and just travel for the upcoming year at large. And one of the things that we kind of neglected to reference at the beginning of the show is 
really how hard it is to plan right now because you just don't know what the state of affairs is going to be with the coronavirus, let's say in June, July, August, so on and so forth. I feel like I had this sort of this, oh, right, the pandemic moment um, in the middle of all of this dreaming and scheming of adventures ahead. But this is something that's still a huge deal. You know, thinking about the summer, I don't know if I'm going to be vaccinated or not by then. I don't know if places are going to be open again or not. You know, um, I know my family has, has already been trying to talk about like, well, do we try to make a summer vacation? Do we try to book a beach house for everyone? And I've had to tell my parents like, look, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the, what the situation is going to be. I would love to say, yes, we'll all be vaccinated and we can be together again. Um, if the science says that and the state allows it, but I have no idea. And it makes it really hard to make these plans. And we said at the top, like, you know, if you want to make reservations, you got to make them now. But you have to also make reservations that you think will be doable given the current state of affairs. We can't assume that everything's going to change for the better and go back to the way they used to be. I don't think we can make that assumption right now. uh, No, I don't think that's a smart or safe or really fair assumption to make. Even if, you know, let's say you and I are both vaccinated by July, it surely doesn't mean we're going to be able to run ramrod over whatever it is that we want to do uh, in the Northwest or elsewhere. um, However, we want to do it. Things are very much still going to be different and taking into account COVID precautions, COVID safety, you name it. And I guess I'm making my plans or framing my, you know, upcoming travel ideas that are bouncing around in my head through a lens of things are going to be more similar to today than they were to, you know, pre pandemic travel and making sure that I'm not setting uh, ideas in my head that look June, 2021, it's probably not that time to hop on a plane go somewhere new to me and uh, experience, I don't know, uh, a faraway state, meet up with college roommates, so on and so forth. It's just not the time, in my personal opinion. Exactly. I think that's exactly right, Jim. So the question then becomes, okay, so what can we plan for? What are the types of trips that we feel safe and comfortable making right now? And I think it's, you know, like, um, you know, campgrounds, Um, you know, backpacking trips, I think are good. Um, especially ones that two places where you don't necessarily need to make reservations for permits ahead of time, um, places where maybe you can just have a last minute, uh, throw your stuff in the car and go out there. Um, you know, hotels are open right now, Airbnbs, you know, vacation rentals, that sort of thing. As long as you are not with people outside of your household, you know, like we said, don't plan on being with your family or your friends. Um, it's fun to think about and maybe it'll work out, but really make sure that, that that is a situation for you and the people who you live directly with. Um, you know, I think we've talked about it before, um, day hikes and really just planning, you know, adventures, taking a week off and saying, hey, I'm going to just go explore places I can get to within mm-hmm. a few hours of my home. That's a great way to do that. I, I know I'm kind of really looking to, you know, places where I have more flexibility and places that I know are going to be open, like campgrounds and state parks, um, places that I, I feel confident and comfortable that I can go to no matter what the state of affairs is. I think that's kind of how we have to look at it. I mean, like you said, yeah. Jim, you know, you just have to plan like it's it's going to be, you know, more like it is now than it, than it was a couple of years ago. 
and I may have trouble explaining what it is exactly I'm trying to say here, but I like, you know, let's say uh, you've got a given weekend on the calendar and you and your roommates are going to, you want to get outside and you want to go do something. I like setting aside a date and a, a rough idea, right? The The concept, we're going to go outside together on a backpacking trip. You don't have to say necessarily, we're going to go to X campsite at Y location starting at this time, so on and so forth. Maybe you do that granular planning that you might normally and just say, look, we're going to sit down in the living room on Wednesday. We're going to leave Saturday morning and we're going to figure something out based on how much travel we feel comfortable doing, what the weather looks like in different places around the region and allow a little bit more flexibility in the moment. Um, I kind of went with that rough frame of decision-making in mind oftentimes last year and had a lot of success with it where it's like, okay, I know my buddy and I are going to go do this. We don't know exactly where we're going to go or, you know, all of the specifics, but we know we both have this weekend off and we're going to go do something that fits this mold. I loved planning that way, and it led to some more, uh, maybe spontaneous is the wrong word, but varied travels to maybe places that we wouldn't have gone had we tried to lock it in, say, a month in advance. I think that's a great approach, Jim. It, it, that makes a lot of sense. You know, there, there's so many places around Oregon that we don't think about that get overlooked. You know, if you want to go backpacking, like you said, you know, yeah. A spontaneous backpacking trip to maybe Three Sisters Wilderness or Mount Jefferson is maybe not the best idea. Places like that that are totally crowded, but there's yeah. so many places to go backpacking um, or to go hiking or to explore that people just don't normally think of. So I think mm-hmm. using a little creativity in your planning goes a long way. You know, think about what are some things that are open and that are available that I can I can turn my vacation time into. So, I mean, Jim, for one of these things that I've been looking at um, that I put in my travel guide this year for under my road trips is a road trip to some of Oregon's best fish and chip spots on the coast. Um, ah. You know, that's not normally like a road trip I would think of. Um, and it's also one that's really going to test your, your stomach, I think, um, <laughs> depending on, on your stomach. But it's, you know, fish and chips places are open. They are designed for this kind of takeout food model. And it, it is a reason to go out there and go explore the coast. That's not necessarily worrying about, you know, camping at these overbooked campgrounds or hiking at these really popular trails. That's something that you can just do and be in the car, be outside, go on an adventure. It doesn't necessarily require being around a ton of people or doing anything that's necessarily unsafe. Yeah. Leaving it open uh, a little bit. I, I, I think that's a good word to the wise for the coming year flexibility you know if you've got something specific you want to do book it now otherwise leave it maybe a little loosey-goosey uh for the months that come because let's be honest none of us can really predict well at least what it's going to be like and i'd rather find myself with free time that i'm looking to fill than stress over, well, geez, I booked this. Ah, I don't know if that's going to be a good choice. Yeah, I like that, Jim. I think that's a great approach. 
And, you know, before we wrap things up here, I, you know, I talked about a lot about the places that I wanted to go to and travel to myself, but I have not heard from you, Jim, about what uh. you're looking forward to this year. So why don't you throw one of your travel ideas or hopes or dreams at us? Yeah. I mean, I've got all sorts of travel hopes and dreams. We don't need to go through all of them. That's for sure. You know, I, I feel like I go through these modes and you might do this too, where it's just like, Oh, I am so ripe to scheme right now. I just want to plan something. I, I caught a wild hair about, you know, some, some spot on the map and I just want to learn all about it and plan this trip. And inevitably a lot of those come and pass without me ever making any real moves to go do it. Right. One thing that I would like to make headway on this year, and I believe I've referenced here on the show before is I have climbed almost all of the major volcanoes in the state of Oregon and many of them through the Cascade Crest. And the big ones that I still have left to do, I've got one big one left in Oregon, which is Mount Jefferson, quite the imposing trip, definitely of the most demanding volcanoes to climb here in the Northwest. Um, I've got Glacier Peak, which is a, a humongous undertaking in terms of mileage in the state of Washington. And then way up there by the Canadian border, I have Mount Baker. And those are the three big ones, biggest ones that I have not climbed. Um, if you want to extend that into California, I also have Lassen Peak, I believe is the proper name um, of Lassen down there. Um, so I've got four left on my list, and I would like to tick off you know, I'm not one to make lists and tick them off per se, but it, it, it's a good list and all of them are worthy in their own right. I, I would like to make good attempts on at least two of those this summer. And I think that's pretty doable. That sounds like quite the adventure right there. I can two big peaks. Jim, I, I am looking forward to hearing more about this trip and about your adventures in those volcanoes. And I think you should come back with the tales of hiking Jefferson and um, Glacier Peak or any of these other ones. And I think we would love to hear more about your experience yeah, up there. I, I would love to share. I, I still need to dial in. I, you know, I said summertime. I don't know. I need to dial in exactly what the right time of year is, uh, for Jefferson, especially. I, I haven't, you know, really dialed in whether I want to try to go earlier in the season or later in the season or, who knows, but I'm, I'm really hoping to go up to Baker with skis sometime this spring. And uh, Mount Baker offers some glorious skiing as well as climbing. Um, and who knows uh, reasonably what I'll uh, get into this year. But I, I have a feeling that there's plenty of excitement to be had. For sure. For sure. Well, Jim, uh, until then, what do you say we wrap things up for the day? Oh, man, I think that is a good call, uh, Jamie. It's getting close to dinner time. So until we meet again, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. And view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>